and hello, neighbors. Welcome back to the Future Neighbor Podcast. Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Gochjar. Gochjar is your go-to site for premium Korean food, ceramics, and special gifts. Today, Katie, uh, what should we talk about Gochjar? Actually, I know one. Let's talk about tenjang. Uh, tenjang, of course, is fermented soybean paste. Yeah, there's one um, that we're selling now from... Um, uh, I forgot his name. Ah, let me look, go to Gochjar real quick. Uh, com for people who are not based in U.S. Global.gochjar.com. And the Tenjang producer name is Kim Koo Won. It's called Master Kim Koo Won. Traditional Tenjang. And this Tenjang is really good. Sometimes when you have Tenjang that we have on our shop, it's made in the traditional way without any preservatives or any additives. And it's very kuzue, which means yeah. it's really stanky. But <laughs> when you cook that stanky, it provides a very deep flavor. But if you add a little bit too much, it can become slightly bitter. A little bitter. bitter. A little bit bitter. And some people don't like that. You have two remedies. Number one, you know the, the tenjang that you can buy at H-Mart? A lot of those have uh, just, just look at the ingredients list it's packed with like preservatives and the soybeans the soybeans are not from korea they're grown somewhere else cheaper country maybe i forget indosan it might be from china or, or india but these artisan made tenjang they're made using korean soybeans and what i was going to say is yeah if you buy one of these artisan tenjangs and it's a little bit slightly bitter for your taste you can combine some of those cheaper tenjang, the ones that are made by Chongjongwon or any of the large conglomerate brands, to smooth out the taste. One tablespoon of the artisan and one tablespoon of the mainstream tenjang, and it will even out. It's really nice. Um, but this one, the Master Kim Kuwon tenjang, that one doesn't need any evening out. It's just, it's perfect. No bitterness, no nothing at all. And just the right level of kuzua. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that's it about the um, gochujang. Gochujang? Sorry, gochujar. Okay, is it my turn? Yes. So I talked about the collagen bomb last week mm -hmm. on our last podcast. And today I want to talk about this uh, dolphin-shaped uh, spatula, massage spatula. <laughs> is that a spatula? It's a <laughs> what do you call it? dolphin uh, massage tool. Massage tool. Uh, it's from Aromatica. And it's it's I it's really good. Like it has multi purpose, so you can. It looks like a dolphin. Dolphin, yes, and it it's kind of bigger than uh, usual massage tools. It's like I have one that's rolling, but it's like much bigger and much more useful because you can use different sections of that wood to like massage different parts, and um, yeah, it's been really useful. I actually tried it myself because. We try everything that we put up on Gochjar, and I could feel how, like, if you use that daily, it could really help. It's like for making your face lines, your skin more elastic, and your face lines to to show bit. up more. And, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they say they like those aesthetics use it too, because it, you can use it for both body and face. Mm. So to sharpen the face lines or like to depuff your face in the morning. Yeah. And then at nighttime, you can also use their oil to like relax your body and then also massage on like your thighs or places that like um, you feel a little bit heavy. Yeah, I think it, they said you can rub out like uh, especially near your lymph nodes. Yeah. Um, and that just helps. Okay, now we're done with the, the ad. 
Do you have you tried aromatherapy? Aroma with oil. Yeah. Yeah, not too many times, but yeah, I you enjoy really it. You really like aromas. I yeah, know you I like do. Like it. Like yeah. perfumes and scent. And scents that but really But who doesn't like it? No, but you like it a lot. You re- <laughs> like you get excited from smelling new scents. Yeah. You're like a basset hound. Yeah, the this actually uh, I got a a new perfume from Aesop recently mm. and the one called um Madagascar? No, it's not Madagascar. What is Marrakesh. it? Marrakesh. And I love the scent mm. from there. It's like a little bit spicy and like a little bit... It's not sweet in the sense as fruity sweet. It's more like... How would you describe that kind of sweet scent? It's like woody, spicy. Mm. A little bit honey sweet, I would say. And it's very unique. Mm. I love it. They say that natural sweat is like the best, like it's it's pheromones, <laughs> so it like makes the other opposite sex like attracted yeah, to you. Good for you. But I don't know if my sweat is pheromatic. If that's an adjective, you don't really smell. Huh? You don't really smell. Thanks. <laughs> Asians definitely don't smell as much as a uh, like a uh, Europeans or Americans. It's a well known fact. Yeah. Just because we don't have that, it's there's a certain chemi- chemistry. There, there's a certain level of bacteria. There's a certain type of bacteria that like it either eats on your sweat or either grows in your sweat. But genetically, East Asians don't have that. Like I don't know how many East Asians don't have that, but definitely like I noticed that like when we're in a gym, and it's like Asians or uh, not Asian, but it's like in Korea, Koreans. it's just Koreans, and like at our climbing gym, and it doesn't smell at all. But like you have like um, let's say a Caucasian person walk in, and you just smell, and everyone notices it, and it's just like whoa. But mm-hmm. I think what's kind of funny to me is that like when those when that specific person <clears throat> is back in the states, I'm sure they are using deodorant. Mm-hmm. But since they've been living in Korea, and there's no like there's no deodorant market here. Yeah, like we just sweat, and it doesn't smell that bad, so mm-hmm. there's no market for it. I think they've grown accustomed where like not wearing deodorant. Mm-hmm. because it's no longer in the culture and so they forget yeah that's interesting because like i never used deodorant mm-hmm. until like i moved to the uk and i saw all this bunch of other girls use it yeah. and i'm like why do you need it so that i felt maybe the impulse to use it because kind of looked cool like my first time seeing deodorant Katie, i was, I was like 13 way. at that time I was yeah i'm like way. i just use it recklessly but it's like I don't really gain anything from it, but I just see all the other girls and like, yeah. I mean, I like now. I mean, I never used deodorant because I never need to. Yeah, but that's like, like the same for most Korean people. I think it's interesting. Like I, I was the same way. I was in junior high, and I still remember like you have to. You're in the, you're in the locker room, and then all of the the guys, the American or the 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 black guys would always be like, oh, they would have like these cans of Old Spice. Or Axe. At that time, Axe spray. It's like this deodorant spray and you under your armpit. And then they would push so much. Yeah. And then um, they're like, hey, you're not going to put anything on? And I'll be like, yeah, give me some. Yeah, I'll do it too. <laughs> and I would just do it. And then... Uh, but there's no need there's for no, it. I guess there's... No, no. Their stench was so bad that I thought it would probably smell... I, I, I didn't know where it was coming from. <laughs> but anyway, interesting fact. Yeah. <laughs> There's one other interesting fact that you got shocked by, which is related. 
Remember the K-pop thing? That oh yeah, I was gonna mention job? that. You can mention it. it's 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 okay. So one thing I recently <laughs> learned is that actually the earwax in Asian um, for Asian people it's dry. Yeah. <laughs> TMI, TMI, a bit disgusting. Well, hopefully, you're not eating right now. <laughs> Okay. it's like dry but apparently for western people or for caucasians the earwax is wet like it's liquidy yeah and so my uh, one of my teammates was saying that he'll never uh, like he's very into like headphones yeah. and earphones yeah it was like i'll never get earphone from a secondary market from like a western market mm -hmm. because their earwax is liquidy, liquidy and then it's just so it's just almost impossible to clean it properly <laughs> with the earphones so like oh oh that's one thing that i'm really cautious about <laughs> that's probably the same reason from the bacteria in your armpit sweat this probably has something to do with genetically like the bacteria or something yeah diff just different but chemical <laughs> i'm not gonna know. stay on the subject for too long but i wonder if you lived in that country actually no i just defeated my point because i lived in the u.s and i don't i don't smell like my american friends when i sweat of course what i was going to say is if you live in that country and you have their food and you just live all the other variables are the same mm -hmm. like can you get let's say liquidy earwax or like <laughs> anyway okay i yeah, there's no point anymore in talking about this yeah um how did we get here <laughs> What an interesting subject, too. Oh, but I don't there. know if it's an Asian thing, too, but you don't really have hair on your body. Oh, oh my, it's that one is uh, genetic. As well as mustache. But yeah. most Asians don't have mustache. Like, their hair don't grow as, like, much as, like, yeah. other races. Yeah, definitely. My dad is, like, hairless. I think you have more hair than I do. I think so. Because if yeah. you look at my brother... Yeah. Like he has a lot of hair around his legs yeah. and stuff, but like look at you, you're so feminine. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I see because you're so hairless, like you, your leg looks like mine basically. So when I look at other guys' legs, yeah. like I kind of get surprised. Because <laughs> so hairy. <laughs> oh man, you should have been at my um, my university dorms. We used to have some Italians. I, I'm telling you, they take off their shirt and uh, and like on their chest, right? Werewolf. Yeah, I'm still not used to it. I, I remember when he was like, man, it's hot. And uh, his name is Jordan. <laughs> I won't say the last name, but there's a lot of Jordans, Italian Jordans, I guess. But Jordan would like rub the back and I could hear that. I was like, damn, that's a lot of hair for me to actually like hear the hair being um, scratched anyway. <laughs> we got to move off of this katie so guys today i actually have a little bit of a cold sore that's why I'm, my voice might sound a little bit weird i hope that's not covid starting symptoms of a fourth wave of covid no i said cold cold sore on my lip oh okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> my mom gets it all the time when she's stressed or like doesn't like an ulcer yeah and like Oh, I get it genetically. Your brother gets him bad too, right? Yeah. Do you you get him too? You know, let me tell you a funny story. I used to get it all the time when I was in elementary school. And then uh, after I moved to the UK, uh -huh. I stopped getting it completely. Yeah, because you're no longer getting stressed by your mom. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 
so surprised, and I was like coming up with all my theories on why this happened. At the beginning, I was like, "That must be kimchi." Like all the spicy food is like kind of making me have all these ulcers. No, this cold sore, you know where it came from. Remember, we bought the pizza, and I was eating it so deliciously, and then I bit down on my in the inner of my lips so hard, and I was like, "Oh!" And you're like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I was like, "I bit down." From there, it just kept growing. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that you can't help it. I said I was going to get off this subject, but I just moved from <laughs> <laughs> to canker to canker or cold sores, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, today we're going to talk about humor, guys. You are very funny, but until I met you, I just never really appreciated. I never appreciated humor. Now that I ha- I can compare my life before I met you and after I met you, like. Having like somebody who is humorous or like have life filled with a sense of humor is so good, so important well, to living a happy, joyous life. Uh, I'm happy you think that I'm funny. I'm happy that you think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sometimes happy. I feel like I'm I, happy I can humor you. Yeah, you're funny, but. Sometimes I realize how different we are because I'll just like I'll be watching you and then <laughs> suddenly suddenly you just you're watching something on your computer and you suddenly crack out laughing like out loud and I'm like wow that is possible <laughs> how can you be laughing out loud from watching some series I'm like <laughs> I I cry, but I never like crack out like that. So I'm like, wow, we are so different. Well, <clears throat> actually, when I think about myself, I always thought like, I always thought about the same way that you you're thinking about me. That like, whenever I see my friends and they're in the movies and they see something funny, they laugh out loud. But they're I like, usually ha, 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 like yeah, this kind of yeah. Laugh. But I usually never <laughs> laugh because like it takes a certain type of humor to really crack me up. <laughs> And the reason why I'm laughing so much by myself lately is because I've tapped into the type of comedy that really gets me. So late at night on Netflix, like I've been rewatching episodes of Seinfeld. And mm-hmm. when I was young, I never really appreciated Seinfeld and uh, Jerry Seinfeld's type of humor. <laughs> His type of humor is observational humor. Right? Observational and social awkwardness. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of presented to you. Yeah. And if you pick up on, let's say, Seinfeld or George or Elaine's kind of face and then like how ridiculous the situation is, to me, that's so funny. But like oftentimes in Korea or like when I was growing up, most of it was like lowbrow or slapstick humor, like yeah. physical humor. Like when I remember when I was in Japan as well, I remember everything like the family was laughing at was like, Let's say on TV, someone would come and then they would like pull down their pull down someone's pants and yeah, slap yeah, them yeah. on the back of their head, and they'd be like, oh, "Such oh, a oh, like oh, a one-dimensional oh. humor." You know what got me watching Seinfeld again was um, I watched Curb Your Enthusiasm on the plane, and I never watched the series because it's not available in Korea. It's on HBO. Yeah, but Larry David is the guy. He was the main writer for Seinfeld, mm-hmm. right? And I just realized I'm a huge fan of Larry David. Mm. Like his comedy gets me. It, it it's like perfect. And like I'll give you one. I'll describe one. Um. Uh, that one. Oh gosh, I needed. Like I looked into yesterday. Where can I watch Kirby Enthusiasm? 
either yeah. I buy a VPN, but then oh. it's oh, it's slow because you have to go through VPN, or, or? I have to get Hulu or Hulu. HBO Max, but oh. it's not available in Korea. Yeah. So goddamn it, thirty season eleven. I need Disney. to watch through that when I'm like, because it it gets me every time. But anyway, there's no other way for people who don't know observational humor. It, usually, the jokes start off with like, "Isn't it funny that when you go to the dentist, or hey, isn't it funny that when you go to buy a shoe, like they stand, spend a long time, and it's always set up like kind of like, like everyday things, but then you it, they question the premise of why that's happening, and they give their own spin on it, and I think it's hilarious. But anyway." I, let me tell you something that got me hooked on Larry David because I didn't even know his name until I saw that Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was like, who is writing this? Because this is brilliant. And then I didn't know that he also was the main writer behind Seinfeld. There's one uh, episode on Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David, he, he gets invited to this um, or his wife sets up this uh, dinner. And then like all these, you know, his friends come in and and Larry David, by the way, he's like 60 or 70 years old and you know it's like kind of an old people dinner party and so everyone's you know everyone comes in and then they find their uh seats at the dinner table and then um some guy sits in the middle and then he starts off the dinner conversation he's like if i can remember correctly and i i might not be doing justice but he goes like guess what i was at the bookstore and i wanted to find a book about eleanor roosevelt and i was in the r section and there was no book but then I went to the E section and it was there. Do these young kids not know the Dewey Decimal System? People at the dinner table were like, what the hell? This is, is the this most guy? boring. This is the most boring topic. Like, who cares, right? Yeah. And one of the guests at the dinner table was like, maybe they're just young. Who cares? It's not a big deal. <laughs> and then he just talks about like, like fishing and like the whole dinner vibe is just like getting ruined. So then the wife tells Larry, he's like, hey, Larry, come, come with me to the kitchen, right? And then the wife tells Larry, like, Steve is ruining my dinner. What is he talking about this <laughs> library? I don't care. He's ruining my dinner. Do something about it. So Larry goes back. <laughs> and then in the meanwhile, he's boring. You can see, like, everyone is dying at the dinner table. And then um, Larry David goes, hey, 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 you're not good at middling. He's like, what? He's like, no, no, no. You need to move your seat. You're not allowed in the middle. And then the guy's like, what are you talking about? Basically, he explains like, hey, the most important seat at any dinner table, at any gathering, is that middle seat. And you're basically the point guard of the discussion. You should be able to take uh, uh, or, or start off the uh, uh, entertaining story and be able to pass the discussion to the person on the left, to the, to the right, and engage people. But you suck at it. You got to move. And then he points to Vince Vaughn. And then he's like, Vince is a good middler. Put him in the middle. And then um, Vince is now in the middle of the table. And then he starts like, hey, guys, guess what? Last week, I was in LA. And then this happened. Guess who I met? And then everyone's like, who? Who? Right? And so, like, people are getting engaged in the discussion, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, basically, this concept of middling. L later in the episode, Steve, he wants to have his own um, uh, dinner party, right? The guy who was boring at the discussion. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Vince Vaughn. He's like, Hey Vince, like, um, I need you to middle for me, right? You need to come to my dinner party because you're so good, yeah, right. And then I think, if I remember correctly, for some reason he can't come, 
And then since Vince is not coming, the same people show up, but no one wants to sit in the middle, okay, right? Yeah. And they're all like, you sit in the middle. Like, no, 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 no. You need to sit in the middle. So no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought that was hilarious. Mm. I'm not doing it justice because, you know, like the comedy is in the in the dialogue and the facial expressions and stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. anyway, yeah, I, I really like observational humor. Yeah. yeah, you're really into comedy. Comedy is part of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I grew up when I was in junior high renting when I go to Blockbuster while you were renting the notebook. <laughs> I was like renting um, Chris Rock's like uh, special, like comedy special. Yeah. And uh, I just loved it. And the funny thing is, I remember one of my friends was like, hey, you're not even black. Oh. Like, why do you why do you watch so much like black comedians? Mm -hmm. And I just remember saying like, I don't know. But it's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. Like, I love their delivery. And like, yeah, it, like, it was funny to me. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't, I mean, even though I can't personally relate, like, I lived in the U.S. long enough to know what stereotypes are. And when they flip the stereotype on its head and they go a different way, I think it was very funny and very witty. And I just, I really appreciated it. Yeah. But I made all of my friends watch. Like, I would rent the, the, the tape so like we would all watch and half of them would find it boring but half of them would laugh as well so yeah. i don't know i was kind of curious whether like you were raised in a f family where humor is a big part of living but it seemed like not necessarily you're just an outlier no i just um was drawn to humor no my dad my dad like my your dad is yeah my dad has a very cheesy... But like his that. humor is a bit, like, yes, a bit too cheesy. Very cheesy, right? <laughs> like, very daddish humor. Oh, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, that's what... But that's do you what, think he influenced you? That's a good question. Because when he's relaxed, he can enjoy himself and be very humorous with people. But growing up, he wasn't very humorous with me. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So when there's like a lot of people, my dad loves joking. He'll laugh with people. He's very sociable. Yeah, yeah. But then when he was raising me. Oh, in a family. In a family. He wasn't ever joking around with me. Oh. Where I get it, to answer your question, I just, just thinking about it. Where do you? I think every young guy, as in their formative years, especially starting from elementary school. Oh, to attract girls. Exactly. 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 Like you have to figure out you saw what your what your, your forte was humor <laughs> not the look no definitely <laughs> because you realize the early on you're not the best looking person you're not the oh, tallest wow. you're not the tallest person oh, but you so can make but you can make everyone in the classroom laugh and that just gave me so much energy and more really? importantly confidence like i would gain confidence because like like i would be able to succeed in that one mission to make somebody laugh because when you make someone laugh all of their barriers come down and you can even have a a, a post-up discussion with them with someone you've never met yeah that's right true. as soon as you get someone laughing like their guard is down and you can yeah yeah you can, you're yeah, right you can talk with them yeah and that was my in with so many people when i was uh in uh in elementary school so that humor like i wasn't the strongest guy i wasn't the meanest person but i was i was always really funny or i would like to think so 
but I would always be cracking jokes. And I think that's, yeah. And, and, and I love that. I love when I was able to crack a joke about the teacher, like <laughs> among the kids and they're all like trying to hold it in. <laughs> and then like, We're all about to die. We would all get in trouble together. But I knew I, I had that power that if I opened my mouth, I could switch up the <laughs> I could switch up the dynamic and the teacher don't like the teacher doesn't like the Yeah, they don't like that kind of student. Yeah, because it ruins the learning environment. But mm. I love that control. Oh, and that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah. And so I real I've always the that's why growing up I was always the kegujingi. Right? Yeah. The My mom always told me you were always like like trying to crack jokes, like throwing bomb bags or we had these like fart bags in class just throw it in the corner and it smells like fart that's everywhere. the kind of uh, student that i detested the most really yeah why who's making like i thought they were just ruining the atmosphere <laughs> like i'll be the guy I, in my mind i'll be like ah oh, why can't they just stay still and just follow the rules <laughs> <laughs> i'll never understand that. you would do really well in russia or in china <laughs> follow the rules you would be the title you know what you would be you would be the person that would tattletale on me be, the teacher would be like all right guys who's the person who who uh, spread glue all over the desks everyone would be quiet and then katie pinpointing no you wouldn't even say it in class we would I all wouldn't. go out we'd all go out for recess and then katie would probably drop off a note at the teacher <laughs> and say it was daniel and then that's that's you that's you <laughs> Yeah, because we have to get rid of the villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but like I really like it because like whenever we go back to we go down to Busan uh-huh. to my house, you're such a different you bring such a different atmosphere to our family and my mom like everybody cracks up with your on your joke and like yeah, my mom loves it. Like 'cause like you make her laugh <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's a lifelong just habit of um, but that's why you know what people who think they're funny uh they don't laugh so much because they're always l- like making other people you see what i'm saying like people who think their food tastes good rarely mm-hmm. say oh this food tastes good right mm-hmm. that's why i was shocked when you told me that oh i i find I find you laughing out loud because I thought I never really laughed out loud. I thought I was kind of weird in a way because <laughs> when people, oh, I know why it was. Like sometimes in college, we would go watch like something funny, but it was very like bro-ish humor. And to me, that was never funny. So I would not even, I'd be like, this is stupid, man. This is not even funny. It's like, but I realized now, now thinking back, it's very a mismatch in what I like. I like oh, kind of the build okay. up. I like kind of. So uh, you don't like SNL? No, 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 no. I haven't ever laughed at SNL. You mean the US version? Or Korea version. It's like. Both? Yeah, just the slapstick, like lowbrow, like that. Or sexual kind of references. I mean, sexual jokes can be funny if it's built up, like in a way, like, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's so not the nature of being sexual that is. It's like. If it's just a girl, for example, in SNL skit and she has cleavage and then someone kicks her in the butt and then she falls into mud or something really stupid like that, it's like, it's not yeah. funny. Yeah, I, I, I don't really watch SNL either. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it doesn't really speak to me. Yeah. But humor in Korea versus the States, it's, it's quite different too. Like, I think 
H- humor. Stand-up comedy is definitely not a big thing in Korea. Yeah, it's not. You just up? Ah, you just up. Oh my gosh, who are you confusing? Yeah, he did a bit. I I saw a bit of the comedy, but like, I don't know. There's like, you know how they say language is culture. When I hear a comedy routine in Korean, but it's like very direct, like like very explicit, sexually explicit, or like. I give. I feel very cringe. I feel very like awkward. Like, I'm you just think not used it's to too it. taboo. I'm just not used to hearing it in Korean because oh. it's just so unfamiliar. But so that means that people should do more of it. Yeah, so I mean, you don't feel that awkward. As long as it's good. But you make me laugh. You make me laugh so much. I'm not, not funny. The at most. All. The most funny people are people that don't try to be funny. But they do things that are funny, and they don't recognize that. And to me, knowing that, oh, it goes back to observation. I observe you doing things in my <laughs> mind which are ridiculous. Oh, like what, Katie? There's too many things in a day. Like, for example, <laughs> for example, like you had those stupid <laughs> slip or those slippers <laughs> that have like absolutely no grip. But for some reason, every time it rains, your go-to slippers or like footwear are those ridiculous slippers. I'm looking at them right now. I mean, it, it, it's basically you're you're walking on banana slip, uh, banana peels, and then every single time, every single time we step out of the house, you go, and I'm like, Katie, why are you wearing those slippers again? And then un- like until we go to the car or to the subway station, every. Like uh, 20 meters. Whoa! <laughs> I remember laughing, like laughing to myself. It's like, this is hilarious. Like you, you just, it, something doesn't click to you that you shouldn't wear that. Yet, That's the only sleepers that I can afford to get wet. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I want to get a rain boot. Okay? See, that's kind, of, that's kind of funny, right? If you think about it. <laughs> It's funny, but it's very logical behavior for me. Or sometimes I observe that, like, for some reason, you think that our house needs to be ventilated. <laughs> so we'll turn on the air conditioning full max. And then <laughs> in this, like, monsoon season where it's so it's humid outside, humidity is nearly, like, 75%. And then Katie, after I'll be like, it's dying. We'll turn on the air conditioning and then like uh, I'll go close all the doors so the cold air can stay inside. And then Katie, for some strange reason, should be like, we are on the war. We need to eventually, and she would open the door. All the cold air goes out literally in like, like, like 30 seconds. And then I'm like dying heating. I'll go close it. I'll turn on the thing back in. I'll turn the AC back on. And then like two minutes later, I hear the door opening again. And then I remember just laughing to myself like, this is ridiculous. We are on a war against each other. Daniel wants to close all the doors and turn on the AC. And in the meanwhile, I'm like shivering cold here. I'm like turning into snowman. Today, actually, my brain, I actually felt my brain stop working because it's so cold. It's like Siberia here when it's like super hot outside. So I'm like on a war to uh, find the time to um, turn off the AC and then open the whole window so there can be some warm and mix of air <laughs> i wish there was like a bodysuit like kind of like a hazmat suit where we could just set our temperatures and we'll just live together in like hazmat suits i'll set mine to like uh like 24 <laughs> celsius and you can set yours to 35 or whatever boiling temperature you like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah 
So that's just a few examples. But I don't think that's that funny. It's funny between us, but it's not too funny to outsiders. I know, and that is where the art of comedy lies. So I remember, I even remember some of my close friends in like high school be like, you should try comedy, right? You should do a comedy production, Daniel. No, no, no. But the reason (laughs) it's hard is that like, if you know who I am, then I could probably make you laugh. But to someone who doesn't know me, and has none of my shared experience oh. to find something to make them laugh. You have to build a character. You have to build up a joke and practice it and the delivery so much. Like when you see those stand-up acts, they make it seem like it's whimsical, right? All of it's practiced so much. That's why I wanted to go to the um, the comedy academy. No, the 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 comedy cellar in New York. Oh. Because, like, for example, Dave Chappelle or, or Jerry Seinfeld or whatever, they'll practice these small jokes and see what really resonates. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, uh, they basically build up a one-hour show by picking out the bits that they practiced and which really resonated. And they, like, it's kind of, they ferment I really it. wish we had a chance to actually watch one of those. Yeah. Our schedule was just too packed. Yeah. We didn't have enough time in New York yeah. to watch it. She now that we're talking about this topic, one thing that I remember, <laughs> which makes me laugh so much. So I have this one uncle in Korea that's like, yeah, he, he's, he, he, he's a character. I guess both in a good and bad way. I remember he was like, Daniel, lately I'm going to a laugh camp. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, laugh camp? And he's like, I was like, what is that? And he was like, oh, like, you know, it's scientifically proven that when you laugh, like serotonins get released in your brain and your just health gets a lot better. And so I was like, that's awesome. I was like, what do you do when you go to the laugh camp? And then he's like, of course, you just go and laugh. But the way he said it, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, but he was very serious because he doesn't have that much of a sense of humor. He's very old. He was like, you'll just go and you'll just be like, but his face looked like he was in pain but he was like if you keep pretending to laugh at one point it becomes funny and his his like his demeanor his facial expression it's like imprinted in my brain because his face is so cringed up it looked like he was getting prodded by a hot iron but he was still laughing at the same time Apparently, that was a thing for old people. Oh. Uh, since they're old, highly stressed in Korea, you'll just meet up with other old people and then they'll go, okay, we're beginning. And everyone just goes, and when you just hear it in a room with other people, That's so crazy. suddenly it becomes funny. And then everyone just like yawning, like it's easier for the next person to laugh. And then when you have six people just laughing for no reason, you just start laughing. And I thought that was kind of brilliant. But such an Asian thing. Yeah, I was going to say. It's something that such Korean adjustments will do. In Asia, like if anything is good for your health, whether it's like a whale's penis or a turtle's um, toenail, it's, Ooh, they'll eat it. Nasty. If laughing is good, they'll do it. And uh, it's hilarious. Katie, what's the last thing that really made you crack up? The last thing that really made me crack up or kind of like mix of emotions crack up and upset at the same time what the, okay <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a, 
when I did my MBTI test for the fifth time. <laughs> and I still got the same defender. Oh my gosh. Right, guys, I'm going to tell the backstory now. So Katie just like can't get over the fact that her MBTI is labeled the de- defender. And she was like, I want to be something. What is the MBT- what is the N- what is it? The IS something? ISFJ right, while she's or looking something. it up. She's like I want to be like you. I want to be the commander or something cool like an executive, but I keep coming out as the <laughs> defender. And I don't know anyone who's taken as many MBTI tests and then coming out <laughs> the exact same results every single time. ISFJ. There you go. And so like Katie was like, Daniel, I want to know what answers you're pressing <laughs> so I could know what what to press so i could switch up my profile and i was like katie i think you're defeating the point of the test no and i didn't say that i asked you to do mbti test on my behalf in oh, case that yeah. i don't know myself fully enough <laughs> i wanted to do a verification oh, yeah yeah so okay. oh gosh that's <laughs> right so not only did you say that part you made me take <laughs> You made me take an MBTI thinking that I was you. And then I did it and it came out as the defender Defender again. again. Oh my gosh. It feels like this trap that I can't get out of. That means it's 100% true because what other person, i.e. me, think of you is the same as how you view yourself. So it's double reinforcement. You're a defender for life. Katie, I told you a million times. That thing just says what you're innate tendency what you just like mbti what just comfortably personality (laughs) what you like default to it doesn't mean that's you have to be a that sets the trajectory (laughs) for your life jesus katie let it go (laughs) and you guys you know what's the funny thing i did the same thing of daniel i took the test (laughs) on his behalf it came out to be exactly the same thing that daniel same result as how you would do it which is the commander and you know what I realized? Right. All the answers, uh, I would pick an opposite to what I would pick. Then it came out to be you. <laughs> We're polar opposites. We are polar opposites. You are ENTJ. Yeah, I have no problem of... I realize I have no... like. I forget what sit- situation it was, but for me, like my default behavior, I have no problem with ordering people to do something. Or asking someone to do something. Hey, like, can you go do this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that from now on. Yeah, like I'm hey, gonna change my MBTI. Yeah. Oh, that that made me laugh. See, you feel good when you laugh. Um, <laughs> but life, yeah, but, but life should be humorous. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all gonna die. Why is taking it so seriously? Just enjoy. We can laugh and. I just really appreciate you when you are with my family because like very hard to see like my parents kind of laugh like for no reason or f- laugh from a conversation or something. Uh-huh. And like when I see my dad that kind of laugh like from your conversation with you or something, it's really good to see. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I like to do to break the ice with people I wouldn't call it self-deprecating humor, but like, like you you have to kind of know like what the, um, like how to approach someone, right? Like you can't like make crack jokes at them because you'd, you 
they might be very sensitive, right? So I usually reflect <laughs> on my experiences in Korea, and then I just tell them about these absurd things that have happened to me, and yeah. they find that humorous, and then I gauge like how can I go more and forth, right? Yeah, and that's just it's been easy because a lot of these experiences are so true, like my experiences in the military and like chipap chumbi. Yeah. See, that's I mean that's hilarious. Like this, or the have to save it for the book. Yeah, and 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 all of this, and so. Um, <laughs> oh, one thing that I wanted to mention um, to our viewers, like I was I was talking with Katie earlier in the week about things that really shocked me when I came to Korea, like culture things. And one thing that I remembered was that, like in the states. Everyone is dying to be on TV. So, like for example, if there is happens to be a news reporter, like a lot of young kids will like try to be in the back, throwing up funny faces, and like they want their kind of um, little opportunity of fame to be on TV. But in Korea, like everyone hides their faces or guards their faces as soon as any type of camera is around, and ultra sensitive about yeah. um, getting exposure. Getting public yeah yeah like being in public and so uh oh we were talking with our friend about it mm. and uh i thought that came all the way back down to participation points like mm. if you grow up in the u.s in school kids get participation points you're rewarded to say something when you don't have anything to say conversely if you don't talk in class, even if you don't have anything meaning, meaningful to say, uh, you'll get punished with point, or you'll get points taken away. Mm. So you just have to say something. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and uh, that's really different from Asian education, Culture. which is collectivism. It's like, why is that person asking a question when that person isn't, that person isn't even the s- smartest person in the classroom? Or who are they to like interrupt the teacher yeah. Or who are you to talk and who are you to ask a question and who are you to basically interrupt the the learning environment for, or everybody for else. everyone else just to ask your own personal question, mm. which is so different. And I think that like that hard, well, America is a little bit special because it's hardcore individualistic. And then Asia in general is like very collective culture. Yeah. And so... um. Yeah, I think that there it's is really even interconnected. A, there isn't even a saying like a proverb that um, my mom gave me and I, I remember I stuck it on the, my my window in uh-huh. my childhood house. Uh-huh. It was like, 빈깡통이 시끄럽다. Basically, you're noisy if you're empty inside. Oh, no, the empty can is the loudest. Yeah. So like basically saying like, or, or reversely, there's another proverb that means pretty much similar thing, but like, if you stay quiet, you will go more than halfway, at least. Ah, uh, I see. So a lot of this referencing that kind of like... My uncle said something similar to me when I had to go to the military in Korea. Like during the boot camp, they just said, hey, like, don't try too hard, but don't be too bad. Just just go with the flow and you'll be all right. <laughs> I just like, oh, okay, just be average. Um, but i feel that i noticed that at my workplace too like um because i think i experienced both cultures mm. so like when i first like when i went to school in the uk it's like very similar to america like people like to te- teachers encourage participation and yeah. like basically that's how you get to stand out and you know, like 
you're basically encouraged to say something, even if it it's like ridiculous. Basically, they give you points for that. Mm. But like in Korea, it's like there's so much pressure. Like how like that's such a ridiculous thing to say, or like oh, kind of like this is not look. It's very judged. Mm. But even at work too, in my like they ask you to ask questions. Like if we have like weekly meetings or something, they'll always ask like, if, "Do you guys have any questions or whatever?" Mm-hmm. But nobody says anything. Um, and then if let's say occasionally one person asks something, but then it turns out to be kind of a redundant question, maybe then like they'll get told off. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I saw that, that I'm sure everybody else felt that we're like, oh, we bet we are we better just shut up than ask and risk ourselves being looked like t- told off or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> Whereas I feel like in the U.S. or in Western culture, they'll they'll never do that. I guess. I mean, it just it just comes down to that in the U.S. The individual is, how do I feel? What do I want to do? What makes me happy? What am I going to do in life? Whereas like in Asia, it's like, how can I contribute? Yeah. How can I basically help the group, whether it's family, society? It's, it's, yeah, it's just different. Yeah, it's different. I don't think there's like one is better than the other or like that. Yeah, I mean, a, a good but example um, is like how, how well Koreans listen to the mask mandate. Everyone just puts it on, right? Whereas in the U.S., you're always fighting. Or like, I don't feel like I, I need to put it on. And But then, like, look at all the, how many, uh, how much innovation comes from the U.S., right? Yeah. So, pros and cons, but. One thing that annoys me, though, <clears throat> is, like, when you go to restaurants or cafes, and then you ask the waiter for, like, a recommendation, Oh, I know on like their this. menu or what I'll is like the best selling item they'll never tell you an opinion they'll never give you an opinion on yeah they'll always be like oh it's hard to tell because everybody has different taste yeah like if you this if, is literally what they will say and that pisses me off <laughs> because you want a little bit more of a personalized um, opinion yeah or an opinion at all Right, so if I if I went, I don't need to know whether it's right. I'm not gonna judge them let's, or whether it's right or wrong. Let's give a let's give an example. Literally, last time when we were going down to Busan on the S- SRX uh-huh. at the Dunkin' Donuts, there were different types of uh, slush, and we were like, we don't know which one is good. What is the best selling item, or what do you recommend? Or like, and then they get annoyed, like they they're so like not motivated to talk to you at all. But I think that also is a derivative of not necessarily like Asian stuff, but just living in the city. There's so many like they're basically scared of having an opinion because um, the customer can say it was because of your opinion that I bought this and I want recourse. Like I want something. Yeah. I mean, there's too many ridiculous people. So maybe yeah. that's really like what they are afraid like, of. Like, for example, if I said the strawberry one is good, like there could be ridiculous customers like I you said strawberry was good, but I find it too sweet. I want you to change this out to something. So mm. if they just say, I'm sorry, everyone's taste is different. Just let me know when you're ready. They, you can't say anything if that person gets angry or something. But it makes it very clinical. So, it is clinical. And I think now you're There's comparing no, it. no personal like yeah. touch. 
that's just this difference in service industry. Korea is just like, just uh, it's all about efficiency more than personalization. But then again, when I was in the U.S., some of the personalization is just too much. I hate when people throw too much uh, enthusiasm because I have to match that. How are you? Oh my gosh, I really like that shirt you're wearing. Where is it from? Okay, let me know when you're ready to order. Then I'll be like, oh, thanks. And my voice goes up. I don't like when my voice goes up. Why did my voice go up? What's wrong with that? It's too much. So yeah, I want but somewhere I right in the middle. Too much is better than too little. Don't you think if you had to choose between the two extremes? Nope. You think too little is better? Yeah. You still prefer the Korean like clinical like uh, service? Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. If it's one extreme or the other, I'd rather just go clinical. Mm. I think the I other side. I think the other side is too tiring. <laughs> no, I think I'm more leaning on the uh, other side. I see. Then go 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 try working in a, a fashion retail store in, in um in West LA, and then you come back one year later. To let me know how you feel, or or no, no, work no. at a Starbucks in West LA. And let me know. So um, you know, I'm thinking about. No, like I can't serve in America because uh, their demands are too varied. <laughs> like I saw how yes. your sister orders Starbucks, and it's like vanilla latte, double shot, blah blah blah, little <laughs> ice, blah blah, a double sugar. Oh, I will never be able to take that order. Sorry. <laughs> I'll be like, just order online. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're making my point here. <laughs> In Korea, I've never seen anyone go into a Burger King or a Starbucks and order anything other than what's on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, I, I enjoyed this discussion. Um, I hope everyone... Yeah, I hope everyone finds an opportunity to laugh during this week. And if you don't, you can be like my uncle and just when you're alone, just go. I have to record your face. Then they're going to just start laughing immediately. <laughs> and either one of two things has happened. Either you're going to start laughing at how ridiculous you are. Or number two, you're going to start crying. <laughs> and how sad you feel. Uh, but both will be um, a, a release of emotions, which is always good. We love you very much. And by the way, if you started to hear ads uh, during this podcast, uh, we're testing out rolling some ads. I think we have enough listeners now. and We also want to um, you know, to get paid and make this more exciting and do it more frequently because whatever brings in money, we have to focus down on more. And now it's starting to scale a little bit. So you might hear more of our... <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. By the way, when I was in college, um, there was this one person I knew. They, I'm purposely calling. Uh, I'm gonna just. It's it's they. Um, they had the <laughs> the funniest laugh. I, um, they they laugh inwards. I've never seen that. They go. <laughs> like when you laugh, you're supposed to laugh like like that oxygen is supposed to come out. But somehow, I don't know, but... No, I think... <laughs> I know, there's some people like that. But the problem is... It's like so obnoxious. It's such, it's, it's such a whistle that like I remember heads would swivel to be like, who is that laughing? <laughs> it was such a gold mine for like a kegujengi like me. Like I, I, would, I would always talk to that person and I would just make them crack up. And then just like during lecture, you would just hear the... <laughs> 
sounds like some <laughs> horse. But you know, laughter is kind of like how you laugh is yeah. kind of contagious because I think I went through different phases of laughter. Uh. Like uh, when I was... Um, my first job in korea yeah. there was this lady and then she would laugh like with her head backwards <laughs> like this oh the head goes backward oh. she's back yeah and then like literally like Coco. and then i remember like i remember thinking wow that's so weird uh. but then i think i discovered myself doing that like after six months no oh, you became a hitter when you laugh and you go oh my did you hit whoever's next to you? So you always go, ah! and you don't notice it. But then my, I'm like, man, <laughs> you hit pretty hard. See, you're hitting the table. You're a hitter. Katie, you're a hitter. Okay, then I want to fix that. You're a hitter. And then Like when I'm at the movie theaters, oh my gosh, I got to come in with shoulder pads. <laughs> look, look, you're hitting the table. Do y'all hear that? She said she wasn't. And the immediate action is hitting the table. Oh, I want to change that. You're a hitter. Also, the one thing I also want to change about my laughter is the you sometimes pinpointed. I must have got it from somebody. I started laughing like. Oh, I do that. <laughs> you do that now. I know I influenced you. I don't like that. No, when I'm doing like very hardcore laughing, like like that kicks in. Mm. Um, I don't like that laughter. I want to change it. Wow. You know what you gotta <laughs> do. You wanna laugh like that? Ho, 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 ho. Um, I was always jealous of that kid that uh, that was able to sneeze inward. Oh, I think I already talked about this on the podcast. Oh, like yeah, I tried that a few times. Didn't work. It's not. Or like I wanted to sneeze really like pretty. Like how? you know how some girls sneeze like ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, that's making me laugh. I just thought of this girl. I not get so amazed how they can sneeze in such a girly manner. I remember when I was in elementary school, I, I this girl had the most ridiculous, and I'd be like, I'd be like, I remember saying like, "Hey, we know you. We know you practice at home with that. Cut the act or Cut fake act. it." Yeah, yeah. But it's not right. Yeah, I mean, it sounds the same every time, so it has to be like. <laughs> I don't know why you have your feet on the cord <laughs> that I'm recording on, but guys, I think it's time that we sign out. And then, uh, yeah, this has been fun, guys. Enjoy your week. We're out. Thank you for listening. Adios. <laughs>